0: Okay. Bit. Ready? What up? What up? What's good? Back at it again with another episode of the Week Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 44. Another great weekend of events. Some sad, some good. If you're a Rams fan, it was pretty bad. If you're a Browns fan, you might not be as sad. Um, obviously, if you had chosen Calvin Cater to pull off an upset. You're probably scratching your head a little bit, but we'll get more into that as we move forward on within the podcast. We have a few topics we want to get into before we get to those, Uh, like one of them that happened last week, last Monday, which was Uh the college football playoff championship game, which unfortunately brings an ending to the college football season. A crazy season, a season that first was not supposed to happen, but it eventually ended up happening by the grace of God and Now we were here and witnessing a championship game of a different magnitude, nonetheless, and we got to see Alabama play Ohio State. I had Ohio State win in the game just because I love underdog story, like yeah. a lot of us do
1: after after the the after the game, did you realize that maybe? Ohio State didn't belong there. Well, just because of them having half of the half of the season that Alabama did.
0: Yes, but no, I, I wouldn't say they didn't belong there. I think they did belong there, and it showed against the Cle, up against Clemson. Yeah. So the better team was there. Okay. Uh, somebody that earned their way. It wasn't given to them. You can say it was probably given to them in them being a part of the playoff, but the fact that they got to the championship game and the way they got there, they deserved to be there. But a lot of people are, even analysts, are saying this is by far, it's arguably by far the best Alabama team in history. Mm.
1: So and was Ohio having some issues with COVID? And they were
0: in the beginning. Uh, it was rumored, and, and there was also rumors of the the championship game being moved from Monday to a different time. But it eventually, went uh, as scheduled. It was played as scheduled, and but some may say it was due to justin fields being hurt wanted a little bit more extra time he took a big hit in the clemson game and you can tell he was a little bothered his hip was pretty bad ribs were pretty sore but he came out and showed uh heart you know coming out and trying to win a national championship in the senior year trying to bring this ohio state team to glory but uh At the end of the day, they fell short. The final score was fifty-two to twenty-four. Alabama, Alabama ran wild on Ohio State. They kept it competitive in the first half. They were pretty tied up, but they had it at the half. Well, not necessarily. Like I would say, probably in the the second early second quarter, it was it was getting competitive. It was seventeen to twenty-one at one point, fourteen to twenty-one at one point. But then Alabama started. Throwing the ball even more and more, it ended up from 17 to 28 to 17 to 35 at the half. So, you know, at that point, Ohio, I mean, excuse me, Alabama was starting to run away with it. Uh, And then it started going from 17 to 35 to 24 to 45, 24 to 52, and it ended up staying at that score. You know, when it comes down to passing, it was it was a lot. There was a lot of things that that happened. Unfortunate things that happened, like Trey Sermon going out in the first play of the game. Trey Sermon had damn near two hundred yards against Clemson. So going into the to the championship game, you knew that they were going to feed Trey Sermon. They were going to uh, use the run game to keep Ohio State, I mean, to keep Alabama on the sideline. But he goes down in the first in the first uh, play of the game. So you have to have. Him go out and I mean, but not not as a bad thing because Master T came in and he was going in for he went in for sixty five yards, four point three yards per carry, so it wasn't too bad. But you also wanted to have that two punch combo, you know. You could have had Master T go in, Trey Sermon go in, and then you, that you can have Olave, uh, Gary Wilson doing their thing and uh, uh, on their receiving core. And Justin Fields being able to do what he can do. At the end of the day, Justin Fields ended up with an 87 QBR. Wasn't too bad. 17 out of 13 uh, catch attempts. Threw for 194 yards. But the difference here was Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. Mac Jones throwing for 464 yards. 400. That's a big difference. He had a 98 QBR. Damn near perfect. He was 36 out of 45. Devontae Smith didn't get to finish the game. He ended up leaving in the third quarter. But just showing what he was able to do in the the time that he was there. 12 receptions, 215 yards, three touchdowns, averaging 17.9 yards per carry. I mean, excuse me, per catch. 215 yards, and he only played three quarters three touchdowns that shows you the reason why he was a Heisman trophy winner and usually it doesn't really go that way usually when you when you win the Heisman trophy sometimes that can be a curse going into the championship game unless you're Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow ended up winning the Heisman and winning the national championship and going undefeated just as much as Alabama did people say that this Alabama offense would be considered way better than than the LSU offense that was it that was last year in the game in the championship game. And the fact that Devontae Smith was able to win I mean if you know you know but he was the one that caught the winning catch. I mean the winning pass from Tua Tagovailoa when when they benched Jalen Hurts to put into a his freshman his freshman year freshman on freshman the freshman Tua Tagovailoa Throwing the winning pass to the freshman Devontae Smith to win the national championship against Georgia, I believe, that year. And now, full circle, coming coming into his senior year, you get Devontae Smith showing out in the championship game as a Heisman Trophy winner. And now you can call him a national championship winner. Going into his senior year, I mean finishing off his senior year going into the NFL draft. Even though I haven't seen word of him declaring for the NFL draft, everybody as far as Waddle, uh, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, they've all already declared for the NFL draft. I haven't heard anything specifically on Devontae Smith of him declaring. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear it within the next couple of days. But the fact that they were able to run away with it, it was, it was pretty special to see. Uh, I wish it would have been a little bit more competitive, but the fact that they put it on Ohio State pretty good, it shows you the kind of firepower that Alabama's recruit recruiting comes with and you know, how they can get down against uh, arguably some of the best teams in the country. And they were number one the whole season, and they proved it going into the first semifinal game against Notre Dame. And then proving it against Ohio State with Ohio State coming off of a big, big win off Clemson, you would think there would be it would have been a little bit more competitive. But it, Alabama just showed you the kind of uh, firepower and w- w- the momentum they were coming with going into this championship game, where they would not be denied, and they will not go down to this Ohio State team that, quote unquote, maybe didn't deserve to be there, like you said earlier. But the fact that they played a good a good semifinal game put them in this position and Alabama had no choice but to play this team. And they showed you what momentum and a lot of games can do. You know. That's something that Ohio State didn't really have. Playing only six games, seven going into the Clemson game after the win and then going into the, to the championship game. But with with no uh shadow of a doubt that Alabama was the better team that day. Everybody would say it. Everybody would say that Devontae Smith was the better, the best player on that football field. And Mac Jones, the better quarterback that day. Doesn't necessarily mean he's the better quarterback of the two. It just comes to show you that they were just on a different level. And Mac Jones did not hold them back. He actually made them very, 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 very talented. Made himself look very, very talented. And as a Texas fan, I was with my mouth open. Nope, nope, uh Pause, But Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, he was the one running the plays. He was the one calling the plays. So uh, me looking uh, as a Texas Longhorns fan, trying to picture what we would look like under him. And uh, as soon as he won, he he headed to Austin and he was presented as a new head coach for the Texas Longhorns. And we're excited. We're excited to see what he can do. Because we're due, and and college football is just that much better when Texas is good. Texas, um, the the California teams, what USC uh, when Michigan is good, Ohio State. Um, I'm missing somebody. Oklahoma when all those teams are good, it just makes for a, a bigger and more broader se- uh, college football season. And uh, I'm excited. I'm honestly excited to see what start does for the Texas Longhorns moving forward. But like I said, Alabama was just a better team. Final score, 52-24. And we're looking forward to the next college football season. All right, bro, let's get to the NFL playoffs. NFL came down to the divisional round. You had the Rams against Green Bay in the in the NFC side. And also in the NFC side, we had the Bucks and the Saints. I think we we pretty much... Picked all the same teams, didn't we? I don't think we had a big. I think mm. the only time I think you took the think, Bills, and so did I on the, on the AFC side. Mm. And I took Kansas City just as much as you did against the Browns. And
1: I took Kansas City. I wanted the Browns to win, but I knew Patrick Mahomes. Even him not, even him missing the whole quarter, they still pulled it off. Do they you, were they were that ahead, and I think the Browns just dropped the ball. You want to talk about that one first? Now nah, let's start with the Rams and the Packers okay. go, down, go down the line.
0: To me, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is is just too on elite. another level. He's too elite. Especially this season.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think, like we spoke about last episode, the fact that he was able to keep calm, keep his cool, and, and be able to perform under a quote-unquote pressure because they had just drafted Jordan Love in the second round or the first round. I believe it was the first round. Yeah, I think it was the first round that they took quarterback and he's kind of like, "Okay, so what's going on here, you know? Instead of helping me, you're trying to replace me." And mm-hmm. there was all that commotion going on in the Packers organization. But the with the season he's had, they've been they've been going 13 and 3. They won their division and they had a first week bye and now they were facing the LA Rams coming off of uh a bye week. So Aaron Rodgers, being the monster he is, threw for 296 yards with a 108 quarterback rating and a 92 QBR. No no interceptions, no sacks, threw for two touchdowns. These are MVP-level numbers right Especially
1: here. against the Rams.
0: Especially against the Rams that were very high-powered. You saw the way they, um, they dominated Russell Wilson, uh-huh. thinking that was going to be the biggest key and the biggest part of this football game that there were going to be too much for Aaron Rodgers because, let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have use on his side anymore. So he's not going to be able to escape the pocket as much as he usually does or as fast as he usually does. But, I mean, Jerry Goff didn't play too bad himself. He was he was one, 21 of 27 catch attempts. He threw for 174 yards, and he had an 84 QBR. He took four sacks, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, To me, I just think Green Bay is just on another level right now. Uh, Too good, too solid. And honestly, I am excited to see.
1: I think most of his receivers on the Packers' side, I don't follow the Packers as much, but I think most of them, other than Devontae Adams, are rookies, right?
0: Well, no, not, not all of them are rookies. No. Lazard... Is not a rookie. Uh, Obviously, Devontae Adams is not a rookie. No, he's not. Uh, Robert Tanyan is not a rookie. But they all had over 50 yards. Tanyan had 60. Uh, Devontae Adams had 66, and he had a touchdown. Lazard had 96 yards. He had a touchdown. Devontae Smith had 10 targets. He had nine receptions. He was targeted. He was the highest target. Well, obviously, you would target Devontae Adams more. But if you're the the L.A. Rams defense, you would double him. But I guess it's the fact that you have uh, Jalen Ramsey, and there were there were some chirping going on and warm ups between Ramsey and Devontae where they had to be separated. So they are already coming with that intensity. I guess it's mind games, uh, mental mental strength um, at, in the side of uh, Jalen Ramsey you start you start seeing if if they get emotional they play emotional and they you throw them off their game not only are you in their head mentally but you're beating them up physically uh being between the lines uh obviously that didn't work cuz he actually had a touchdown i mean but 66 yards you you kind of see why he had a uh, didn't have the most yards even though he had the most targets you think you would want to go away from Jalen Ramsey just because he's just that good of a shutdown corner? Yeah, that you have to target Lazard.
1: And he has to, he has to spread the ball out.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. He he he's a he is a what do they call it? Um, a diverse quarterback. He doesn't necessarily have to be the superstar. He doesn't have to be the center of attention. I mean, look at it like this. Adam Jones had fourteen carries for ninety nine yards. He was averaging seven point one yards per carry, and he had a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers had had a touchdown. He had a rush, oh, uh, rushing touchdown, bro. If you look at Aaron Rodgers' picture right here, he looks old. Yeah, he age has gotten to him a lot. But it, it would you say it it ages you, or you age more when you're in an organization that has been through a lot? It's uh, it's depending on you, majority. Because when you think of Green Bay, you think uh-huh. of Aaron Rodgers, that and and the city expects you to win. The city expects you to show out week in and week out. It expects you to have a winning season every day, every weekend, every Sunday. You are expected to be the guy that pushes them over the over the hill. But now with with their uh, with their new head coach. I just think that they finally got have a guy that's connected, that they see eye to eye. I think, and I think we spoke about this the last time, and I think uh, Sean McVay is also a great coach, but at the same time, Jared Goff was f- fighting a, a thumb injury, I believe, uh, for the past couple of weeks, and he was wearing a, a glove on his on both hands. I think he was playing with two gloves. But overall, I just think uh, Green Bay was definitely better in 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 especially in yards you know um when it comes when it came down to yards green bay had 484 total yards the rams only had 50 i'm I'm, excuse me they had 244 um that that just shows you the kind of uh a difference a good quarterback and a healthy quarterback can do for you Uh, when we talk in passing the L.A. Rams had 148 yards. Green Bay had 296. See, there's a difference there when it comes down to passing, like yards per pass. L.A. had, a, they were passing for 4.8 per pass. Aaron Rodgers was throwing it for 8.2. So he's throwing it very, very, very well out there. When it came to rushing, 188 yards for Green Bay, 96 yards for for L.A. You know, they were they were they were giving it to you everywhere. Obviously, their passing game was on point, their rushing game was on point. Um, they held the ball way, way more than than the than the Rams did. You can just tell based off the off the numbers. Off rushing and off passing. They were holding the ball, and that's the one thing you would think the roles would be reversed. Going into the game, as the Rams, you would want to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, you would want to hold on to the ball more. You would want to uh, not allow him to beat you in any kind of way. If anybody cannot beat you, it should not be Aaron Rodgers. But at the end of the day, that's what it was. Green Bay was just pretty much in every single drive, they had a score. They started with a field goal. Then their second one was a touchdown. Then a touchdown. Then a field goal. Then a touchdown. I think they only punted the ball one, two. Two times. They only punted the ball two times. So, you know, that should come to show you. The Green Bay Packers are pretty legit. This year, they are pretty legit. Yeah. Um, Even though they could have been better, you can only imagine. Let's just say this. Let's just say Green Bay hadn't gotten a quarterback and they wouldn't have gotten a receiver. Yeah. Or a good tight end, let's just say. Some offensive player that would have helped Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is doing this now with what they have, if they would have added a first round offensive player not being a quarterback that could have showed you just maybe how much better yeah the packers could have I think, been. I think
1: they lost who did they lose Did they lose lazard like for the first half of the season was it him or was it uh no nah, it wasn't Marcus Valdez cuz i think he was
0: uh i'm not absolutely sure uh the only, i'm going to be absolutely honest I've only been keeping up with the Packers' uh, playoffs. I'm not a big Packers uh, follower. I like to see what, what's going on every now and then. But I've been keeping up with a lot of the rookies more, than, more or the less. Because I already know what to expect from Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. But then later on that night, we got to see the Ravens versus the Bills. Which is very interesting, especially in the case, the fact that you keep banging on the drum that you keep saying that Lamar Jackson is overrated. I'ma ask you one more time, bro. <clears throat> Do you stand by the statement to this day? I mean we all saw that he he um he he so it's his fault.
1: No it's not his fault. Oh okay. It's not his fault. I think it's a lack of trust in his team uh where he feels like he has to run the ball more than he needs to. Um and sh- didn't we just come off a good game where Hollywood Brown went off? And he – I don't know why he I, – I don't know if he couldn't get open this time. But the Bills' defense was way better than I thought. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a closer game. Right. I thought I thought he was going to be more offensively than defensively. I know Baltimore's defense is good because, I mean, um, Josh Allen only had, what, one touchdown? Who? Josh Allen. I think he only had one touchdown, and then they had a defensive – uh, the pick six that he threw in the right before he went down, and then it was a field goal, and that was it. I mean, it was more defensively than I than I thought.
0: Well, honestly, the the Ravens can't do anything. Let's just be honest; they cannot get anything going. They had a lot of uh, they had a uh, the the more possession. They obviously had the most possession in the game, but they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, look, let me let me show you what. Uh, what I'm talking about here when it came down to the first half right to the first, just the, to just the first half, they punted the ball one, two, three, three times. they punted the ball three times, they missed the field goal and all they could show, uh show for it was the field goal so no there was no momentum on their side they weren't pretty much doing anything. First of all, these punter these kickers were garbage. Let's just be honest. They it was it was in their day.
1: Both of them won for Both three. Both of them won for three, yeah. And it was supposed to be snowing. That's why I was thinking if it's snow if it's snowing, Josh Allen is not gonna play good. Most he of plays his in big Buffalo. But most of his big plays are him and Stefan Diggs, like I said. And if it's slippery, if it's cold, if you know, if it's wet, it's gonna be complicated for you know the any game. Well, let's any act. game, it doesn't matter who you are. If it's snowing, if it's raining, it makes it a little bit more complicated for you to be passing the ball. That is at true. least run, at least you know, at least doing drives through the air is not that easy. And since Baltimore has an amazing running game, I mean, I thought they were going to hold onto the ball and they were going to run, they were going to push, and just as long as they have the ball in their hands, they were going to be good. But yeah. I mean, there was no snow.
0: There was no snow. The either. weather
1: was great. It was probably cold, but it wasn't, you know.
0: Yeah, I about to say, I don't think the weather was great. I think it was pretty cold. It was day.
1: probably cold as hell, but it wasn't, there was no rain. There was no snow. So. I think it was under 50 degrees. It's pretty
0: cold. It's pretty cold. But
1: they're there, used right? to that. I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore Bills, and
0: Buffalo. You know, they're also, they're obviously. Uh, they're used to the cold, cold weather. Cold weather teams. But when it comes down to being in the pocket, I did see. Uh, Lamar Jackson panic a lot, yeah. Uh, especially under pressure, he starts to take off, trying to run off. And when he feels like his his gaps are closing, he's going one way, he cuts the other way, and it's like he's more focused in 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 that than trying to pass the ball. You know what I mean? Like looking up and looking what receiver is getting open. It's more. Let me get out of this way. Let me go this way. Or let me get out or whatever the case may be. It feels like he just panics. Like he, It's just like when he's under pressure, you think for it's, sure.
1: You think it's the level of pressure over the expectations? Well,
0: obviously, the the Buffalo Bills have a crazy defense. Their defense was outstanding. I mean, I don't understand or I I don't think I've seen that I can recall the Ravens being shut down to three points all season. Three points? I don't think I've seen that. Lamar
1: Jackson only rushed for 34 yards. And, well, his passing was actually better than... Yeah, yeah, I mean...
0: Usually he rushes a lot more. He threw a hundred and... But they would not let him run the ball. 34 yards. He ran for... I mean, he threw for 162 yards and threw one interception, which was a pick six. Then he ended up getting hurt. Uh And causing a safety. And his backup came in you know and started He kind of looked like him in a way like as far as like mobility yeah uh trying to play like tyler huntley i want to say he's a he's a rookie and but the fact that um trey mcsorley wasn't there unfortunately this would have been another opportunity for him but he wasn't there he's still struggling with a knee injury but he was um He threw for sixty yards, six out of thirteen. It would, it could have been possible that they could have made somewhat of a comeback, but Huntley overthrew Hollywood Brown, and it would have been a clear cut run to the end zone. Ball was just overthrown, but Buffalo was just too much. I just looking at looking at the frame. I'm, I'm not trying to compare quarterbacks, but just looking at the composure that that Josh Allen had in the pocket. We it's probably more if you want to compare it's probably more fair to compare offensive lines uh, the, com- the comfort within the two quarterbacks in the pocket but at the end of the day you can tell who's more of a pocket passer than the other right and Josh Allen just looked like he was just comfortable 206 yards passing he didn't have the best game right he had a 51 QBR but he had an 86 quarterback rating Lamar Jackson had a 61 quarterback rating and a 55 QBR. Lamar Jackson took three sacks. Josh Allen took two sacks. So at the end of the day, it just shows you that Baltimore could have won because total yards, Baltimore had 340 yards. Buffalo had 220. When it came to passing, they were right there, 190 for Baltimore, 188 for for Buffalo. I think the difference – might have been look at this stat real quick before we get to that 150 yards rushing for Baltimore 32 for Buffalo obviously the the pick six was very key very breath breathtaking for for the ravens side at the fact that you give up a pick six and that puts you up the possession was 35 minutes for Baltimore Buffalo only had it 24 minutes. That's 11 more minutes than the opposition. You were outrunning them. You were there with them passing. You were not. Your kicker couldn't put, put you through it, over the hill. At least make a field goal to put you back into the game. Your star quarterback goes out. And uh, it, it just it's just a bad day for Baltimore fans. A very bad day because this is one of the seasons that they felt that like they could have possible. It was possible for them to move forward, possible for them to be maybe even in a championship. Goal number one was for Lamar Jackson to get his first playoff win, which he did, and he he came back and won the quote unquote game that haunted him, which was the Tennessee Titans game last year when they were the favorites and they ended up losing. And now this year he comes back and he and he beats them and moves on. Gets his first playoff win under his belt, moves on, goes up against Buffalo, arguably the best team in the AFC. So do I blame him for losing? No. No. I don't blame him. And I don't think people should criticize him for how he played and and what he question who he is. You know? Because I think that's first of all, it's Coming into the league, he was somebody that they were trying to trade. They were trying to change his position, and then the next year he shows out as a elite quarterback. Last year, people can argue he was elite. He was one of the best quarterbacks. They were arguing his throwing. His throwing was on point. He was finding people left and right. They were their record was to show for. It. Even this year, they went eleven and five. Wasn't too bad, but is there need of improvement? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They need to improve. He needs to improve. They need to show that they're not the same football team that you see year in and year out. Every year, you cannot be the same. Who who
1: was the quarterback before? Joe Flacco, right? Yeah. Before so, him. I mean, to me, this is already way, way better. Well, I could throw
0: this at you. At least Joe Flacco got a ring. He gave <sighs> them a ring.
1: Yeah. I mean, he until got, you do he, that, he did. Now, if you want to compare better, do, to you, me, do you think Joe Flacco got the ring because of the blackout? <laughs> uh, that uh, that that switched over the whole momentum of that game in that Super Bowl. That could be debated, but but at the end of the
0: day, he did. They didn't. They didn't take away any time from them playing. They still ended up playing the same yeah. amount of time, and still, they still had
1: it. Um. And,
0: but Lamar Jackson will bounce back, I believe. Definitely. He's he
1: definitely top, I want to say top five quarterback in the league right now.
0: You could debate that.
1: So, I mean, they just had a lot of issues with COVID during the season, obviously. He was one of them. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, there's, it's been a season that's been off everywhere. Yep. I mean, not not just in NFL, all over the United States. So, there's been, uh, there's been a struggle for a lot of people. Uh, and, like like you said before, like they, they were not able to get anything going. Having the ball a good amount of time, they actually threw for more. Uh, they ran the ball more. So they should have been able to score. They just weren't able to do that. And I think that's one of the issues they had all season long. Uh, they weren't able to complete. Um, that's why I say that he's a little bit overrated. Because, I mean, you could have the numbers you could put up the you you could you could run the yards and you could pass the yards but if you can't score if you can't win games then i mean i mean they won 11 games yeah yeah they made it into the playoffs they did he won a playoff game they did that's not good enough but i think Josh Allen and the Bills were the, was a better team and i think they've been like i've said Josh Allen is an underrated quarterback he's been Absolutely, and I didn't. I never said uh, Lamar Jackson was a bad quarterback. I just said he's a little bit overrated. Okay, I mean, just just trying to clarify.
0: Okay, yeah, I get what you mean because that's how I feel about Luka Doncic. But I mean that—that's just what I mean. Like it's kind of we're we're along the same lines there, I guess. So with that being said, now um, Green Bay moves on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Buffalo Bills move Over. on. And then we get to this game, which is the Cleveland Browns versus Kansas City. We both took Kansas City just because of the fact that they have Mahomes. Yeah, and they're, just, they're just
1: solid all around defensively. And even if they don't use their running games, they're solid in the running games. I, game I mean, but we also said, even though we kind of want it and we, well, I thought that they were going to come in here, you know, like with all the momentum coming off, you know, crazy wins, especially oh. after the Steelers, the Browns. Cleveland, okay. Yeah. I was like, man, they just beat the crap out of the Steelers and they're just rolling, you know?
0: But we still had a feeling that they were going to lose. Yeah, just because it's Kansas City. That's what I mean. But we also said, okay, the fact that they might lose is inevitable, right? But I just want to see how competitive they make it, how close it is, how Baker can be somebody that's in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons, sometimes uh, make up for all that and show what he's worth. Why they picked him number one? Why Cleveland Browns should be excited moving forward with this guy and put their faith on him to to um, to feel like he's the one that's going to take us where we want to be, you know? And in my opinion, I think he did very well. Yeah, yeah, I. Th- 200 uh 204 yards passing 23 out of 37 in the beginning i mean he had a touchdown he threw an interception as well he had a sack but but that being said in the beginning of the game it felt like there were there were there were he looked overwhelmed uh the quality of of uh football that was being played at the time he was getting sacked he was very he was very antsy he was um, not panicking, but he was. Uh, how can I say it? He was. Um, he was moving. He was doing too much. Yeah, and he kept coming out like he was doing a lot of three and outs. Like he put they went for the field goal in the first in their first drive. They punted in the second drive. They fumbled in the third drive, and at the end of the half, it was thirteen to nine. I mean, excuse me, three to nine, T- three to nineteen. Excuse me, damn. All they could show for was a field
1: goal in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, it's looking pretty bad for them. So, I think he just – I guess the pressure and being – uh, playing from behind so bad just got to them. Because I feel like, they, yeah, they just panicked And once they went into the second half.
0: Yeah. But,
1: when they kept getting opportunity after opportunity.
0: Yeah. But even though – even though started the second half, they threw an interception. And it's just like, this is going very bad. This is very going very terrible. But at the end of the day, the – Kansas City goes and they miss a field goal. Next possession for the Cleveland Browns, which is their second possession in the second half. They go for a touchdown which puts them at 10 to 19. You're back in the game. Yeah. You're back in the game like even though you've been playing like shit the whole first half.
1: You still have a lot of time left.
0: And you get that touchdown, you're back in the game. Mahomes goes out. And it's just like momentum is coming our way. Like it's coming our way. Um they 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 Kansas City gets the ball they they only can manage a field goal. So it makes it 10 to 22. Next position for the Cleveland Browns, they go on 18 plays, touchdown. 17 to 22. You're back in the game. Momentum is on your side. Like you can feel it. You can actually feel it. They Kansas City gets the ball, interception. Yeah. This is where you need to win. Yeah. You have possession, you need to score you need to get down to the field and score. You go seven plays for 12 yards and you punt the ball. And that's pretty much the end of the game, you know. Uh Kansas City ends up uh going eight plays, 24 yards to kill the clock and it's, it it ends up 17-22. Final game. And final score, excuse me. And and you lose. To me, what's more concerning that toe for for Patrick Mahomes. Did you see how the way he was throwing, how the way he was walking? He couldn't put hardly any pressure. He had to go to the tent. Yeah. They they looked at his toe. He wasn't going to get out because of the toe. Mm. But he felt a lot of discomfort. There was a lot of bad throws due to the toe, the pain you in could that tell, toe.
1: You could tell he wasn't comfortable.
0: And to me, you need, at least from your feet standpoint, from a foot standpoint, you got to be able to plant your foot and throw. And when you throw... You twist your foot, which a lot of the weight is on that toe. And uh, to me, that was more concerning. Mm-hmm. You can see the 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 torque level of his throws diminish a little bit. Uh, the accuracy the was, wasn't was the same. And then he gets popped, and then he goes. He's he looking pretty bad out there. He looked like he was seeing multiple people out there because he fell as soon as he tried to get up. Goes out for a concussion protocol, bam, out for the game.
1: Best was case pretty
0: scene, bad, dude. Best case, I was best case scenario for Cleveland, honestly. Yeah, because you can only imagine him coming out and probably destroying them even more. Because it was seventeen to excuse me, seventeen to twenty two. Your best player goes out. I can honestly tell you, a lot of Kansas City fans were. Pretty, pretty nervous Yeah, at the fact that these Cleveland Browns were coming back. Not only were they scared to lose their championship, but to lose to the Browns. <clears throat> yeah. To lose to the Browns like this.
1: And I think at this point they're still scared because they don't know if Patrick Mahomes will be able to play next week.
0: I think he will. Think so? I honestly believe he will play. One, it's the championship game. To get to the Super Bowl, what was the,
1: pro- what was the protocol for him to come back?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the good thing is that when is their game? Let me see, let me see, let me see. give me a second here. They will be playing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Both of both games are on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so both games are on Sunday. They have the 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 late game. So I just think it's so many days. He was out for he didn't finish the game. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus that he didn't get to finish the game. Then you have six days to evaluate from a concussion. I honestly don't believe you should be out. And I think they'll make an exception because it's the championship game. Yeah. It's against the Bills. It's just that scenario. Because if he Zach- doesn't
1: play, it's, it's a wrap. Because the Zach- Bills win.
0: Zach Martin, if you remember, when Zach Martin got that concussion, he didn't play the following week. Until the next week, the yeah. Normally,
1: up. people that get concussions in the NFL don't play the following week. They'll come back the week after. Normally,
0: are those scenarios for regular season?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well that's what, yeah, what,
0: yeah. Does it change? Yes. I'm well. At least for me, you know, I think they're gonna do whatever it takes for to to let Mahomes play this Sunday. Just the crucial, crucial, crucial game that they have against arguably the best team, overall team, in the AFC besides, obviously, the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I think uh, they need him. They absolutely need him. Josh Allen may not be better than Patrick Mahomes, but...
1: But the Bills are a good team. The Bills,
0: I mean, Kansas City, without Patrick Mahomes, is not better than the Buffalo Bills. No. Because Josh Allen is better than whoever they're I mean, he proved that they
1: couldn't score at all in the fourth quarter. After Patrick Mahomes went down, yeah. So I just believe they, they need they, they got need a him. pick. They got lucky. They got lucky that they couldn't cash in on that pick. Let me ask you this: Who are you taking, though? I'm taking the Bills just because I'm a Josh Allen fan. Well, how the hell the hell did that happen? I've been I've okay. I had Josh Allen in my fantasy football a year. Okay, I like Stephon Diggs. Did you
0: pick Josh Allen as your first quarterback? Yeah, you did. As my
1: first quarterback, yeah. Yeah, okay. My backup quarterback is Russell Wilson, yeah. Oh, okay. Well. And I like the Bills because I see them as a big underdog. Obviously, Kansas City is the favorite. Obviously, there's a higher chance if Patrick Mahomes plays that Kansas City will win. But I like rooting for the underdog. Okay. And I feel like uh, the Bills are a great team all around, defensively and offensively. I the agree. running game is not the best, but... Kansas City without Clyde Edwards, uh, their running game is not the best either. So I think they're pretty evenly matched. Obviously, you get that extra from uh, having Patrick Mahomes. You get you know uh, more favoritism because of that, and then obviously Tyreek Hill is a beast. So
0: okay, before we get ahead of ourselves, I'm sorry to ask that question uh-huh. because we haven't even talked about the Bucks and the Saints. That would be our yeah, last. Yeah, yeah. That will be our last one for this. Divisional round. Now, I ask you, do you believe Drew Brees should retire?
1: Yeah. Do
0: you think this should have been his last season? I think so. Well, this is from the outside looking in, right? Now, if you're Drew Brees, do you retire like this? Or are you that much of a competitor that you're willing to come back for one more season?
1: Will they? Will he come back with the same team? Or you talking about... Uh, Without the Saints? No, what's his team looking like? What's the Saints looking like next year? Are they going to – I mean, if he has the same team, there's a chance that he'll be able to do the same thing he did this year. Right. If he stays healthy, it'll be even better because he missed a couple of games.
0: Yeah, yeah, through through injury and obviously his age doesn't help
1: him either. Just him being healthy, he will be – I think he'll do great one more year because the NFC is not – at the level uh, of, I guess, uh, it's not the the level for the AFC. The NFC is not that high right now. So you're uh, saying the
0: best teams are in the AFC
1: right now? Yeah, okay. the younger teams, younger. I give you elite that. Quarterbacks. I give you that. Uh, and they they just been playing a lot better. Let's start off. Four, the fourth worst teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Cowboys. Uh, NFC. NFC East, we're like they're trash. You mm-hmm. got the Cowboys that uh, are probably not going to be that great next year because we're, we're we don't have O line, we don't have a uh, secondary, and we're probably gonna be average with uh either a returning deck or no deck. Then you have the, the Eagles. No, you have, then I'll go into the Eagles. They don't. They might not even have a, a starting quarterback. They might start with Jalen Hurts. They might not, or they don't know. They're way – the, I think they're in the worst position in the Cowboys. Well, they have to hire a head coach first because they don't have one. Either. They don't have that either. <laughs> then you have the Washington football, football team. team that doesn't even have a, ta- a name. They didn't even play their, their backup. They they let go of the starter. They didn't play their backup because their backup is injury-prone. Injury-prone, he could, he could lose his leg again. Yeah. And then they, the, they were playing their fourth string, which is a guy that came off the XFL. Played good though. Played really good. But then I think got he, hurt. I think he deserves a chance at least. To maybe fight for the team. If, if not to start, at least to be a backup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I even say give him a chance to start next year. I mean, you, they're a decent team defensively. Offensively, they could be great if they have a good quarterback. Yeah, I think that's been their issue all year long.
0: But I think they're gonna address those issues coming with this coming draft.
1: But and then the Giants, come on. What? They they have. Uh, Daniel Jones? No, they have Jason Carey, though. <laughs> There's no hope for them. Uh, <laughs> uh, they I, have they ha- Daniel Jones is a great quarterback, I believe, and he's. I just feel like his receivers are getting older and slower. They he, and he lost his 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 half of his game. Yeah, Saquon Barkley is not playing. I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Their defense is all right. They're pretty good, but yeah, offensively, I don't think I don't think they got it. And then. That's that's a that's a quarter of the NFC. And yeah. And the best NFC is with Drew Brees. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and uh Matt Ryan. Oh, you're talking about the division? The, the division.
0: Oh yeah, and the Panthers.
1: And Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah.
0: Well Tom Brady to me, like he's been looking he's been winning, okay. Let's not get that uh misunderstood. He they're eleven and five. But to me, every time I see him, it's just like I don't see that same Brady. Me. but
1: you got you got to think about it with the patriots he didn't have a team and now he does and now he has a team and it hasn't been the worst the best year for him to start with a new team you're going through covid you're going through all kinds of stuff you're not able to practice with your new team new receivers new coaching mm-hmm. new city like it's, it it takes time to adjust Okay. But you can see And he's not he's not he's not the best quarterback. He doesn't have the best arm. He doesn't have the best legs. But what he does have is the best mentality. He knows how to win. He knows how to make plays. But that takes time. That takes practice. That takes being having the right timing. Mm-hmm. And he I, I just think that was a factor this year for him. But he's still going to the uh, division, uh, championship, conference championship. I mean, yeah, they he he. Uh, With all that being said, like I still think he's he's a goat and he's doing goat things this year, and I think he has a chance. Well, that he has a chance. There's a chance. There's always because I think he has better receivers than Aaron Rodgers.
0: He's not better than Aaron Rodgers, but that what I saw against the Saints was. Drew Brees played terrible. Yeah, he had
1: four. Uh, but do you turnovers? Think, do you think uh, Tampa Bay's defense was that good? Yes. I mean, is is good enough? Yes. I mean, if they were able to They're you legit. know make make Drew Brees look like that because I don't think Drew Brees is that. I think the defense pressured him to make him make those mistakes. Okay. I I mean
0: I believe that too. But I just feel like that defense, that Bucks defense, is pretty pretty legit. Devin White, that dude from uh, LSU, solid. That is a solid dude. He's just there to play football and and tackle anything that moves. Okay, I believe in him. They have. How uh, do you think that that Bucks defense is going to do against Aaron Rodgers now? Um, I think they will. I think they would. Um, uh, this is just me. I honestly do not believe they score more than thirty points on that defense.
1: The Bucks are not the Rams, but and Aaron Rodgers he showed out um, against the Rams. Yeah. So, but now you have a, you have a you have receivers and a quarterback that knows how to score too. Yeah. I think it's gonna be close. I kind of have Tom Brady favored. Well, the favorite. Let me see who. Who's favored in that
0: game? They have Green Bay favored by four.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, three and a half by four.
1: But I think...
0: They have them favored by four. Green Bay. Um, maybe because they have the better record. And I think they've won more comfortably mm-hmm. the these playoffs. You said before... You do not go against goats. Yeah, I am going against the goat, and I'm taking Green Bay.
1: I don't think I could do that because I think New Orleans' defense, New Orleans, is way more elite. Their defense than uh, Green Bay. Than Green Bay's defense, they pressure a lot more. Okay, and I think I think Green Bay just has a good secondary. But at the same time, you can see
0: in these couple of games that you've seen, it doesn't matter how much possession you have how much more yards you can do, can you score? Can you score the football? And, yes, Tom Brady can score the football. I mean, he's averaged. He hit that one-yard touchdown? <laughs> 30 points. Look, he had 30 points against the Saints, 31 points against the Bucks, right? And Green Bay, well, they had, they had 32 points 32. against the the Rams. the Rams, and that's all they've had, right? That's the only game they've played. 32 points. Now they go up against the Buccaneers, favored by 3.5. I think they cover that 3.5. I honestly believe that the Green Bay Packers cover 4.
1: I think it will be close.
0: So you're taking?
1: I'm taking the Bucks.
0: You're taking the Bucks, and I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. Now going into the, the AFC side, the Bills against the Chiefs. Is there a reason? Do you have another reason why the Bills would beat the Chiefs? We think it's a team? Do you think I, they have I, a better team?
1: I think they're – to be honest, I think uh, – I, I think the Chiefs are way better. But bet I'm going with the Bills. Because I feel like they're probably – I feel like with the concussion, he won't be back 100%. But, can, are, but he can but he can win. Do you believe, even even if he's not
0: 100 percent? Do you believe a 75 percent Patrick Mahomes? Even a 70 percent? I think a 50 percent Patrick Mahomes could is, still win. Is better than any anybody at 100 percent. Any other quarterback at
1: 100 percent? Well, maybe not any other quarterback, but the situation. Uh, it's a conference championship, and the team that he has. I mean, I think his team will be able to put in, you know, whatever he's whatever he's short. On Sunday. Okay.
0: At the end of the day, the ball starts in his hands.
1: Yeah. He's the one that's going to have to make the plays. Yeah. He's the one that's going to have to feed everybody around him. I even think that even them bringing in their backup, I think, like, them switching off, you know, taking yeah. turns. Yeah. I think they'll be solid
0: enough to put up points. Well, I disagree. I, oh, you talking about uh, Kansas City? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they're going to – I think this is going to be a – I want to say it's
1: going to be a high-scoring game. I hope it's a high-scoring game. Just because I don't want to, do, I don't want to see a defensive game like I did with the Ravens. Because I know I want to see uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs ball out, and I know there is more weapons that he could use.
0: Yeah, uh, they have they definitely have that, but I just think Kansas City right now. If Kansas City wins and beats the Buffalo Bills, do you think they're favorites with? Even with whoever comes out of the NFC. The Bills? No, I'm saying if, if Kansas City beats the Bills, are they favorites? Even though it oh, yeah. oh, doesn't yeah. matter who comes
1: out. Oh, yeah. Out of the if Kansas City pulls this one off, because I think the Bills will be their toughest match in the AFC, especially right now in their uh, playoff run. Yeah. I think if they beat the Bills, that defense. Packers or or the Bucks is gonna be is gonna be exciting. Yeah, but I think it's gonna is gonna be a a win for them. That's, I think they'll they'll be able to stay ahead most of the game because I think it's gonna
0: come down to
1: to the new versus the old. Yeah, I mean, th- that's what it's gonna be. Well, Re- regardless of who wins uh, in the Super Bowl, we're gonna see a veteran and probably a three year. I think Josh Allen's he's in his third year, yeah, and also Patrick Mahomes, or is it his second th- third year, right? Yeah, they both came out in the same yeah. draft, they they're both the 2018, right? Yeah, I think he no, 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 uh,
0: he came out with uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Josh Allen, Mahomes, or Mahomes, yeah, Mahomes.
1: So he's in his fourth year, fourth year, oh, yeah, he was uh, like 15th, he was back up for a year, right? Yeah, but third year starting, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: so. I honestly think it's gonna be old school versus new school. I think this would be my preference, right? If if the oh, I, that that doesn't make sense. I was gonna say if if the Bucks win, I would rather see Brady face Josh Allen. Uh-huh. But I really, really, really want to see Green Bay play Kansas City because those are two arguably the best quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. They can both score really quick. They can both kill you in I don't know the the clock. If you leave too much time in the clock, they can both beat you. They're pretty. They're pretty similar in the way they play and how they play. It's just the age difference and the team wise. Um, uh, I, I that's that's the. That's I believe the they comeback kings. Yes, that's both exactly ball. why I feel like it would be more of a more of an explosive Super Bowl. Yeah. If you get those two teams at the end, so I'm taking Kansas City not just because I want to see that. I just feel like Patrick Mahomes. People, that's, those are going to be the questions. The mm. question is going to be around him, which is crazy because the question is, can the Kansas City Chiefs beat these Buffalo Bills? Now it's more of, can Patrick Mahomes beat them? Patrick Mahomes is never the problem. This coming game, he's not the problem, quote-unquote, but he's the question mark in this equation when yeah. it comes down to this uh, championship game. Can but he win? Yeah. There's a possibility. Will he be
1: able to. We'll that's see. that's the question. Yeah,
0: we'll see. So I'm taking uh, Kansas City. You're taking the Bills, and I'm taking Green Bay, and you're taking the Bucks.
1: See, to be honest, I don't want to touch any of those games. Well, but, but I, 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 I have to make I, a pick. But I, I do want to see Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes already has a ring. But there's no... I want to see. I, I I believe they could win. Well, there's but... a difference between
0: what you want to see to what you believe will happen.
1: Cause this is just too close. I think it's close both yeah, ways. Yeah, absolutely. Super
0: close. Stupid close. I haven't even seen who's favored.
1: Kansas City is favored by three. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go off and take the Bills by preference. Uh, just you know, favoritism. Kansas, but, Kansas City's playing at home. But but I know it's it, it's it's gonna it could go either way because it's stupid close. They're evenly matched. Um, and I understand why Kansas City is favorite but I'm going to take the bills.
0: Yeah, the odds are definitely against the Bills. Yeah. But it's it's uh, you can tell why, you can see why. Uh, do they have a possibility to win? Absolutely. Yeah. They have everything to win. They have everything and and there's no shame in losing to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the ones to beat every single season. And, I mean, and I believe as long as Mahomes is healthy and they have a decent team, they're the ones to beat every and I think season.
1: this is the I think this is one of the years that we've had the best teams actually face but, off.
0: Yeah. Like
1: in the, the playoffs and in the and now in the Yeah, because last year it was Tennessee the, versus yeah. the
0: Chiefs. This year the Bills have been the talk of the season all season long. Yeah. And they've proven it this whole I mean they're only one run. game
1: Well, they're only one game off from yeah. one game away. winning record, yeah. Yeah.
0: And to get into the big game which is their ultimate goal is to get to the champ to the Super Bowl. As far as the other two, they they've been compared majority of the time. Brady and Rodgers. mind you, I do not believe. I do not believe Aaron Rodgers has ever beat Tom Brady. I could be wrong, but I do because they rarely play. Yeah. But I do not believe they've ever he's ever beat him. So
1: this may be. I mean, yesterday's game was even it didn't go exactly how it was expected. It was still an epic game seeing Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Even if Drew Brees didn't play his best, they're number one, number two, in so many levels that it was just something that you had to watch. And you don't get to see this every time. And so this it, is the perfect time. And it's time. possibly the last time that we'll see them two play each other. This, them two and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs.
0: Not only that, bro, but whoever wins goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The stakes are yeah. at an ultimate high. The only time you've ever seen these two teams play – is in the regular season, you never see them with these kind of stakes at this point of the season for a ticket to the to the Super Bowl and this playing just, at elite level, all of them. Yeah, that's you don't see that. So this game is like a must watch because you never know if you're ever going to see this again. Mm-hmm. So we're in for a treat, honestly. Like if you, this is these are unmissable games, honestly. Um, so yeah. But that being said, I'm taking Green Bay. You're taking the Bucks. I'm taking Kansas City. You're taking Buffalo. We'll, we'll come back next week and we'll see who has bragging rights. So, not only did the NFL playoffs happen this weekend, we also got the long awaited return of the UFC. Finally, it feels like it's been forever, right? Like, we haven't been able to talk about UFC as much because they've been on a little vacation. They come back with a, with a, with honestly, A good, good fight, which main event was Max Holloway making his long return since the last time Max Holloway fight was in July Uh when he fought against Alexander Volkanovsky. And if I'm not mistaken, he fought on my birthday on the 11th of July and he made his long awaited comeback to fight Calvin Cater, the New England cartel's own Calvin Cater. I had Calvin Cater and I was fucking wrong but but he, that
1: he put up a fight but he was dominated
0: let let me ask you this right cuz i was i was texting one of my friends um uh, one of my work, coworkers from from the job and and he made a statement that i won't mention but i said my response was all i saw in this fight is that Calvin cater is an absolute beast and he responds he got dominated uh-huh do you blame me for trying to give Calvin cater the benefit of the doubt at the fact that he stayed in the fight showed heart short showed uh strength showed durability instead of just looking at the obvious and say he got his ass kicked all every single round could you blame me for that or do you believe like just s- stick to the obvious like he he just got ran over
1: be honest he got ran over okay but he didn't he didn't get knocked out
0: if i were to nitpick the fight i would say holloway should have should have finished him
1: he should have and i think he it just could've. i think he didn't want to it was like, i think he just wanted to keep tagging him and tagging him and show and i guess get a good practice or a good sparring fight with an elite fighter uh well there was Two rounds,
0: which was I believe it was the third and the fourth round, where it could have been stopped. Yeah, he should, had whenever
1: he had him against the ropes, and he was just pounding him. Well, and against the cage. There, uh, yeah, against the cage, and and he wasn't even fighting back. He was just basically lifting his arm, like trying to create some distance. Yeah. But he wasn't even there. Was he? Wasn't even swinging. But at the I mean, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to let you have that. He was swinging. He swung. If you, there if was. You look at no, Max Holloway's face. No, no. He was pretty fucked up. No, no. He he had the power. He just didn't do as much as he needed to. I agree with that. He didn't have the right game plan. Yeah. Because the one thing we know about Max Holloway is that he's a volume puncher, and
1: that's what he was doing since the beginning.
0: Yeah. But the way to beat the volume puncher is to make him respect your power. But Cater wasn't throwing enough to make him respect his power. He threw a couple, and he felt them, obviously. But you've seen Max Holloway be beaten like Poirier beat him.
1: Yeah,
0: Obviously, Holloway was landing the more amount of punches, but when Poirier was tagging him, he was hitting him with everything. And he felt it. And he knew he couldn't lunge in as much or... Stay, stay in a certain place because he knew if he got tagged, he was, he was yeah. feeling it, you know? And I believe if Cater really put it on him and put more pressure on him, he could have had that same result, but he wasn't doing that. He was waiting completely until Holloway finished all his combination to try and attack. And credit to Holloway for maintaining that distance, controlling the distance, not staying in range for him to get tagged instead moving around tagging him using his jab he was just the better man honestly yeah. now do i believe Calvin cater will not have more success i don't believe i believe he still has success he still will have success he just needs to uh he just needs to get some fights in and try and come back uh the game plan for me was the the was the was the the difference in in, the, in between these two yeah obviously Max Holloway was gonna come in.
1: I mean he, he used his uh his reach yeah. you know for his advantage this time. He stayed really aggressive, creating yeah. that distance, pushing them away, making sure that he was getting tagged and moving, you know? Yeah.
0: Do you believe he you do you agree with the statement he made in the cage? Where he said he's the best boxer in the UFC. He's one of the best.
1: That's
0: not what I asked. I think is he the best boxer in the UFC? I don't believe that. Yeah, me neither. Because it showed when he fought Poirier. Yeah. It show who is the better boxer.
1: There's a lot of great boxers.
0: Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know if he. Well, that's too high. He, you can't compare him honestly with Baker uh, opponents. No, I mean I, just I, at least. The I mean, boxing he's faced.
1: skills. Boxing skills.
0: Is he better than Connor?
1: No, I don't think so. I think Connor is one of the most aggressive power punchers that could easily beat you with just his boxing game.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I mentioned Connor because they have fought before. Yeah. Uh,
1: and he, he beat him. Yeah, he beat badly. him. Badly.
0: So, and Poirier also beat him. Yeah. And, and with his boxing game. And with his boxing. It was pretty much a stand-up fight the whole night, the whole fight. But you put him against uh, Brian Ortega. Max Hollywood was better that night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of fighters that you can throw on him. Volkanovski. That wasn't really a, like a, a wrestling match either. Um it was more of a tactical fight, yeah. that one. It wasn't really just straight rock'em sock'em, you know, it wasn't like that. But a credit to Max Holloway. Great performance from in my opinion. I think he showed the world that he still has it. There was questions about how he might be. I mean he's still the number twice. one
1: contender, right?
0: No. The, right now the number one contender is Brian Ortega. He's the number one contender. Okay. Which he is already scheduled to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. I believe it's March 27th,
1: if I'm not mistaken. Well, I think according to the, I think just because of who he is, he's the number one contender. But I think says he lost twice already. They yeah. gave the fight to Ortega.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. He lost twice. Yeah. So that means so you, they, got, you had you you had the chance, you lost. You got another chance. You got your rematch, and you lost. "Quote unquote" lost. I obviously, thought he. Yeah. I thought he won. Uh, so you have to make room for the next guy because there's no reason why you yeah. get three cracks at the champion in a row yeah so obviously he needed this fight to show that he is still the guy and still in contention in my opinion he's in line to win the winner uh, to face the winner of this fight to get another Tyler shot yes and let me ask you this what would you rather see would you rather see the trilogy between him and Volkanovski if Volkanovski were to win or if Ortega were to win would you rather see the rematch between Holloway and Ortega with the new skill set that Ortega showed against the Korean zombie, because he's not the same guy. The same guy that fought or, uh, Max Holloway then is not the same guy that fought the Korean zombie. This Ortega is making, giving, uh, excuse me, he's elevating his game to a higher level. Just looking at that fight, you see, you're not looking at the same guy. And the big, big, Turning point of Brian Ortega's career would if he were to beat Volkanovski in the first crack at the champion, because that would be that will bring the narrative, uh, his way and excuse me, it would shift the narrative his way to say, well, Ortega beat Volkanovski at his in his first shot. That's something Holloway couldn't do in two shot, arguably in uh-huh. two times in two cracks at him. That would that will bring the momentum of the fight even higher. At the fact that it will be a rematch between him and Holloway, but the tables turned, like we said in the last podcast. Tables turned, but now Ortega's the champion, and Holloway is the is the the contender. So, you know, which one intrigues you more the 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 Ortega the rematch with Ortega, or the trilogy with Volkanovski?
1: Either way, I think. If the trilogy happens, that means you know you can't beat these dude. You know, like
0: that would suck. I'm not saying you're done. Would you say that's bad for his career? But that's, that's really
1: bad for his career. Losing right? three times to the same guy. Yeah. Uh, but the the rematch, because like you said, you know, it's two different, two new levels. You know, Brian Ortega is definitely not the same guy, and I also don't think Max Holloway is not the same guy either. I'm you not have saying,
0: a hungrier Max Holloway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he has something to prove because he does probably feel that people think or doubt him or doubt him
0: because of those two losses. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So they're both in two different times in their career where they, at one point, Holloway was the king of the division. Yeah. And Ortega was a contender trying to get there. And then he got his ass beat by Holloway, which we thought, honestly, well, I thought is that, okay, well maybe Ortega was not as good as we thought he was but then he shows up against Korean Zombie and shows a whole different skill set that nobody ever saw from Ortega and that just brings you this um this sort of excitement to see Ortega fight because now I want to see what he has improved even more you know and with that being said now Holloway being doubted like we just spoke of brings a different motivation to Holloway now the fact that you have these two guys that were questioned, Ortega was questioned after the Holloway fight, and Holloway was questioned after losing twice to Volkanovski. So these two guys have been doubted. Arguably, with both of them fight with a chip on their shoulder from now on, moving forward, which makes for a for a good clash, right? Uh-huh. For a good rematch. Me, obviously, honestly, I would rather see the rematch between Ortega and Holloway, just because they've only fought once. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was so one-sided, but now,
1: if he were to beat Volkanovski, if if he were to if be, he were to beat Volkanovski, it's, it, it's, it's it's that it's match a is must, so important. is a must-watch then. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That yeah. match is so important because it, if Ortega wins, it changes everything.
1: Yeah.
0: If Volkanovski wins but barely wins, or even loses, or just to look, just to look at this fight and. And critique both of them to see how they do against each other. Because we've, only, we've seen for the past when, when Volkanovski really took off was when he beat Holloway. And, he's, and you've only seen him fight Holloway for like the past when he became quote-unquote yeah. a household name. But now you get a guy like Ortega, which is a whole different guy. This is not Max Holloway.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Which I believe, honestly, me personally, I believe Ortega is a better ground, a grappler than Holloway. Uh-huh. Just at this point of his career. So this fight in March 27th is very important. Very important for the for this division moving forward and to see who will be the guy that Max Holloway would fight. Because Holloway right now, he's looking out to be the champion again. Whether it be Volkanovski for the third time to fight or will it be the rematch with between him and Ortega. So March 27th is definitely, definitely something to watch. And it's good that you get to see, you have a match to look forward to. Mm-hmm. With that being said of... Uh, are speaking about matches to look forward to this Saturday. You get the return of the mystic Mac, Conor McGregor, arguably the face of the UFC, right? So you get finally, I don't even know what kind of McGregor you'll, and you'll honestly see, right? Um, obviously these guys have fought before. I believe they fought back in 2014. With the Conor McGregor stoppage KO in the first round. Me personally, I'm going for the diamond. Just because, I, like I said, I like an underdog. I went for Cater. I've gone for... Um, who else? I've gone for a couple of underdogs in this podcast. And I've been wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's just me uh, holding on to my own. Sometimes I bet with my heart. you know, Because I just love a fighter that is not expected to win. But you can tell they're they're someone to fuck with, you know. They're not pushovers. They're not these guys that just got here or just were put here for some reason. They earned their way here. Dustin Poirier earned his way to a fight with McGregor. He's had a tremendous career. Yes, he lost against Khabib, but everybody loses to Khabib. Yeah. He beat the best, the absolute best, Max Holloway that there was at the time that they faced each other max holloway was on a a rampage and i believe it was the the time he had just finished fighting uh brian ortega which he was at his highest everybody was saying he was the best so much that max holloway moved up in weight because he felt like there was no more competition in his weight class fought a poirier that nobody really believed that he could beat max holloway and i believe honestly looking back at that i cannot remember if he was favored I honestly cannot remember if he was favored. I know he wasn't favored against Brian Ortega, which was crazy. Even though Max Hollywood was the champion. He fights Dustin Poirier, get his ass kicked. Mind you. Okay, excuse my last statement. He got, he did get beat. Uh, but he also beat um, gave Poirier a decent fight. But you saw the difference in power when those two fought. Then he goes on to beat... Um, Dustin Poirier ends up uh, fighting, uh, who am I missing? I'm missing, I think I'm missing one fight between that. No, he fought, he fought, Uh, he became the interim champion then. And then he ended up fighting uh, Khabib. He lost, got hurt, got some surgeries that he needed to, they were way overdue. He got surgeries, he had a long layoff. Then he came back against one of the best lightweights in the division in Dan Hooker. If you didn't see that Dan Hooker fight, oh, my God. If you want to see some hard action, you go back and you see that Dan Hooker versus uh, Dustin Poirier fight.
1: Which Hooker will be cracking, fighting before.
0: Which is crazy, right? Dan Hooker, the last time Hooker and Poirier saw each other, they were kicking each other's asses in the octagon. The next time they see each other, they will be fighting in the same octagon, just not each other. They'll be fighting after one another. Well, Dan Hooker will be fighting before Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. Uh but they're in the same card. Um uh, so,
1: so it's gonna be a good night.
0: Absolutely, because not only are we looking at Conor McGregor's introduction or reintroduction to the lightweight division, he looks skinnier. If you haven't looked at Conor McGregor, he definitely looks skinnier. I just want I just want Dustin Poirier to get his just due. People fuck with Justin Poirier. They don't they know he ain't no chump, but obviously he's not the favorite against Conor McGregor. When you go see a Conor McGregor fight he's always expected to win or people want to see him win or whoever he fights is usually the, un- the underdog mm-hmm. which I don't believe he was uh, the favorite against Khabib. Uh, but I'm just hoping Dustin Poirier, please, hopefully, he survives the first round because that's when you have McGregor at his best in the first round.
1: And the last time they fought, it was in the lightweight division as well?
0: Uh. No, I do not believe. I think they were at 145 pounds. He was a featherweight. I think I think they were at feather.
1: Yeah, they were at 145, and then after that, he went to 155. Yeah. Doesn't. So both
0: of them moved up. Um. Uh, I think? Uh, yeah. I think they did move up. Yeah, both oh, of them I know. Moved up. I know. Poirier moved up.
1: Poirier moved up, and then I think. Uh, well, McGregor went up twice, didn't he? He ended up fighting because uh, he was. He was fighting in three different divisions. I, I don't. I don't I know if he went down to fight
0: Jose Aldo. No, because Jose Aldo was heavier. So I think Jose Aldo was. Uh, I think he may have stayed there. Honestly, he may have stayed there and fought Jose Aldo to get the to get the belt. Uh-huh. I think that's what he did. I think Dustin Poirier went up. McGregor stayed there. And ended up fighting a little bit more. Poirier
1: and- went up and he fought. Could be first, right before McGregor. Before McGregor, no, no, it was McGregor first. McGregor first, okay,
0: and then he fought uh, Poirier. Um, So I just want to see some action. I think at at the end of the day, if I see four rounds of some hard-ass, good, decent,
1: and they're fighting at 155.
0: They're fighting at 155. Yes. McGregor's last fight was against Cowboy Cerrone.
1: That was an easy match for him.
0: And not only that, but think about it like this: it was the first pay per view of 2020. Yeah. Now he comes back a full circle around a full circle in the first pay-per-view of 2021. Uh So hopefully this doesn't go like the last year where fucking pandemic just fucked everything up. And you get to see Dustin Poirier against uh, McGregor at their best. I want to see some action. I want to see some hard action. Put some respect on Dustin Poirier. Yes, he may not be the favorite in this fight, but damn it, he will make it a fight. He's trying to be the best. And I think you're going to get some of the best action between Conor McGregor. What weight is? uh, Justin Poirier. No, Walter weight. 170. That's where Masvidal, Usman, and all of them are at. Because McGregor's also in that one as well, right? He's fought there. That's where he fought Cowboy. Uh And I think he chose to fight there because he didn't want to cut weight at the time. Uh But now that he's more active and plans on being more active, he feels like the better competition for him... Is at 155, and maybe he's chasing that Khabib rematch, knowing that um, Khabib is at in that weight class. Because yeah. me personally, honestly, you got Usman at welterweight, you got Jorge Masvidal at welterweight, you got Gilbert Kobe Covington Burns. at uh, welterweight. You said who? Gilbert Burns, bro. And Gilbert Burns at what? These are these are big dudes, hard punchers, good grapplers. I think any of those dudes can can go up against McGregor, no question. But he chose to go to welterweight. I mean, to, to lightweight, which these guys can also give it to McGregor. But you can you can say it's a little has bit more. Has Justin
1: even. Gaethje fought McGregor? Mm,
0: honestly, I do not think so.
1: I know Poirier has, right? Poirier has fought McGregor, and, and Poirier and has he, fought Gaethje. Yeah. Yes. And Poirier beat Gaethje. Yes.
0: That's uh. You'll so, see, you'll see that so fight that again.
1: Mean, so that means that he could take a hit.
0: Who Poirier? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was hurt in that fight too. Yeah, um, he was hurt in that fight. Both of them, but eventually, Poirier end, ended up uh, pulling off the victory. But I just want to see him win or last and give M- McGregor a good, good. Because Poirier welcome. has
1: been training with
0: American top team and Jorge Masvidal, yeah, and all these dudes. So his
1: striking has been improving a lot more than yeah their last match because their they, their first fight was what six years ago. Uh, who? Poirier. And... Yes,
0: yes, yes. Uh, Poirier and McGregor.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's
0: it's a whole different game. If you look at them before, It's to a now, whole different ball game. Yes, six years yeah. does a lot. And honestly, me just me being honest, I think Poirier has been more active in in UFC yeah. in, in mixed martial arts longer than McGregor. You know, McGregor has these long layoffs. He'll go do exhibition fights, and there's a lot of things going on.
1: He did one exhibition fight, bro. Come on.
0: Well, he has one lined up yeah, against Manny yeah. Pacquiao now. So that his focus is not necessarily just on mixed martial arts. And, um, and, and as far as Poirier is concerned, he's full, fully focused on this. He's trying to be a champion. And now he has a chance to... If he pulls this one off, he should be in line. I just don't want him to face Khabib. It's like, it's just like Khabib, when he's there, there's nobody beating that dude. I'm sorry. But him retiring... Could have possibly been the best thing that could have happened for this division, because that means it could have, the title could switch hands and it's more competitive. competitive. Right now, it's just going to be one side. Anybody that fights Khabib, unless it's McGregor, it that's where it'd probably be more exciting. If it's McGregor, even though McGregor may not have odds with him on his side, it would just be but exciting. What do you
1: think? Of, what would you think about Charles
0: Oliveira? Yeah, against Khabib. I mean, that's something exciting because that's, that's somebody you I, haven't seen.
1: I think that'll be a little bit more evenly matched, even though a lot of people might not know of Charles. Yeah. Like, I didn't know much of him, but when I seen him against Tony Tony Ferguson, I was like, this dude is, is yeah. about as real as it gets, especially on the ground game, Yeah, which is where a lot of people have issues with Khabib. Yeah.
0: But honestly, I just think that Russian blood is like none other. Mm-hmm. I just think Khabib is just too much. Sometimes it could just be overpowering. I don't know. I just think he's more thick-skinned, more thick-boned. Uh he's just overall bigger than Oliveira to me and I just think he'll be able to uh be able to dominate him. Just just me being honest. But hopefully Dustin Poirier can pull it off. I got Dustin Poirier and that's me going again with my heart just being a big fan of Dustin Poirier. I just hope um he is able to pull it off and maybe shock the world. I don't know. But I also like McGregor. So uh I just don't wanna go with the favorite side just I just,
1: just hope that it's a good match. And that's it all we doesn't can hope it for. doesn't finish in the first round. Yeah,
0: that's all we can hope for. Because it's been too long and this fight hopefully doesn't end like the Cowboy one. But I honestly think Poirier is more skilled and more Oh, definitely younger more skill. And could take a hit more than Cowboy to me personally. And that's no dig on Cowboy. Cowboy's a legend, but I just feel like this is a bigger test yeah, for definitely. for uh, McGregor. Perfect uh, reintroduction. So with that being said, uh, let's talk real quick about the coming event. You got uh, Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler is somebody that they just signed. Me personally, I've never seen the guy.
1: I don't even know who he is.
0: But you will. So we get to see him. And this is kind of a, I mean, if I'm Dana White, I'm just like, fuck. Like, what a way to introduce a guy into the UFC by throwing him against a heavy hitter in Dan Hooker in the same way in the lightweight division. The Coleman event and the main event are all lightweights. So you get to see who's in the pond, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Dan Hooker is no joke. If you saw him against the Poirier, in the Poirier fight, that dude can bang. He fought uh, uh, Fielder. Uh, I forgot his first name. Um, but he fought him, and it was a close fight, too. It was also a close fight. Then he fights Dustin Poirier, even closer fight. So if you if it's gonna go down as hard as a, as far as a, a stand up game, Dan Hooker's got it. But what I didn't know about Michael Chandler, if you have a chance to go see the UFC uh, 257, this is 257, right? Countdown, mm-hmm. they show a little bit about Michael Chandler, a little bit more deeper dive into who he is and what he's done. He's been he's been training with UFC dudes for a while. He said he, he, you saw uh, a little glimpse of him training with Kamaru Usman before when he was training to fight, I believe, Tyron Woodley. He was training with Gilbert Burns when he was fighting, uh, I think, also Tyron Woodley. He was training with, uh, oh, i missing somebody, somebody big, um, but he's been training with UFC talent, right? So he's no stranger to the way the UFC is. He's trained with some of the best talent in the UFC. Usman and Gilbert Burns are arguably some of the best talent in the UFC.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I, just by looking at what I've seen, I believe his strength is his ground game. Michael Chandler. Dan Hooker has good takedown defense. It will be tested against Michael Chandler. Now can Michael Chandler, if, if it doesn't work, Let's just say Dan Hooker's takedown defense is elite and you can't take him down. Can you take Dan Hooker's power? So that that fight is very, very interesting. Some of the best matchups I've seen in a while. A a perfect way to introduce the guy. If you feel like you belong here and you take this guy out and you beat him comfortably or you, can, you just beat him, it says a lot because this guy we just went five rounds with... The guy that's fighting arguably the biggest superstar in the UFC. So if you beat him in under five rounds, that shows your your worth for me. So this fight is definitely something to look forward to. Michael Chandler, Dan Hooker fighting in the coming event in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Headlining will be Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. That is this Saturday in Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. So yeah, bro. That's uh. Those are our topics for the week. We've chosen our playoff teams. We've gave our rundown on on this week's fight. Um, our predictions for uh for the, over the weekend. Um. Yeah. I mean, you may agree. You may not agree. But that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the we could be wrong podcast. We'll catch on next week.
1: Take it easy, man.
0: One love.